great to see everybody. Welcome to uh, Christ Central Church Fredericton and to all those watching online as well, wherever you might be. Great to have you participating this morning. And my name's Joe Crummy, and I'm going to be speaking today from the book of Philippians again. So if you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to chapter 2, and we'll be continuing from there. And as you do that, first of all, a question for everybody here and for those of you participating uh, wherever you might be around the world. Here's the question for you this morning. Who has had a positive influence on your life? So just think about that one for a moment. Who has had a positive impact on your life? Can you think of anyone? So kids so far in your lives, who's had a positive influence on your life? Teens, who's had a positive impact for the rest of us? Hopefully, someone's had a positive impact, influence on your life. And I'm going to take a guess at what some of your answers might be. So I'm hoping that somewhere in what I'm going to share, and Angela's pointing to herself, that somewhere maybe parents fit into there, or grandparents, or aunts and uncles, maybe some teachers, maybe some coaches, maybe your friends, other students who are with you, your coworker, maybe an employer, maybe an employee, maybe a teammate, maybe someone even from our own church has had a positive impact or influence in your life. And we've been learning from the book of Philippians, so if you've been following along the last few weeks, we've been in chapter 2, that Paul is all about, and from chapter 1 right through, and we're going to pick things up at verse 19, Paul saying that Jesus is our model for life, that actually Jesus should have the biggest impact and influence on our life for the whole of our lives at every stage of life, that it's Jesus who impacts our life. And that's why we're here this morning, because Jesus has had an impact on our lives. And maybe for some of you, you're just starting in that journey of Jesus impacting your life. But for those of us who Jesus has changed our life, it affects all aspects of our 24-7 life. It affects our attitudes and our actions and our words and our values. And we've realized, and this is what Paul says, and I'm just going to do a quick review of the beginning of chapter 2. Paul's saying, if you've received the love of Christ, if you've received the life of Jesus Christ, if you've received forgiveness for the things that we've done wrong through Jesus Christ, if we have had our eyes opened as God opens our eyes and our hearts to understand that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that Jesus is the way that we have a relationship with God, that Jesus gives us his Holy Spirit to live in us, that what Jesus accomplished on the cross, that he lived the perfect life, that he died for our sins on the cross, that God by his power raised Jesus from the dead. That's why we can say that Jesus wears the victor's crown. He conquered sin. He conquered the devil. He conquered death. Jesus is alive today. He ascended back to heaven. He's interceding for us. He's praying for us. Jesus is coming back. He's going to bring all things together. He's going to make his enemies his footstool, the Bible says, that he's going to give us a new heaven and a new earth, new bodies. We're going to see Jesus face to face. No more sin, death, sorrow, sickness, all those things. That is reason to say, Jesus, I want to live for you today. I want to bring heaven to earth. Wow. 
That's good news. And the good news is for those of us who have received that and are living it out, maybe you haven't experienced that. That good news is available to everyone. And that's what we call the gospel of Jesus Christ, that there's good news that we can put our hope and faith in Jesus Christ. And here's the thing that sometimes we miss, and this is really important. Some of the things I'm going to talk about today, about Jesus being our model for life, it isn't something that Jesus sort of aspires for us to attain to, but yet we got to do it in our own strength. We've talked about this the last couple of weeks. Jesus is the means through which we can model our lives after him. So Jesus just doesn't say, hey, I've raised the bar up here, now you get on with it and try to obtain here. No. Emma just read out from Isaiah 57 that God is incredible. We can't contain God, yet God dwells the Bible says, with those who are humble, contrite in spirit, that God puts his spirit within us to empower us to be able to live the life that Jesus wants us to live. And as we see over the last couple of weeks, it's our responsibility. Yes, we have, we have a part to play, that we make a commitment, I want to follow Jesus. Yet God works in us to will and to act according to his good purpose. You see that partnership? We have a part to play, but we're not left on our own. God works in us. And that's where we pick up the passage today. You needed that background to understand what we're going to read today. So let's turn to Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to start at verse 19 and read, read to the end of the chapter, verse 30. So that's the context, Paul saying, okay, here's what Jesus has done for us. Now, in light of that, we want to line up with Jesus and then we pick it up. And Paul says this, writing to the church in Philippi. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interest, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you, and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, am I, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad that I may have less anxiety. So then, welcome him in the Lord with great joy, and honor people like him, because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. So as I said, chapter 2 starts with Jesus, and it ends with three people, yet they're all connected. So we see that Jesus is our model as Christians, and here are three model Christians, and we can model our lives after Jesus and these type of Christians. We have Paul, we have Timothy, we have Epaphroditus, and Jesus has changed all of their lives. And now they've become family. They've become friends. They're in team. They're in partnership together. 
They use terms like this, father and son, brother, co-worker, fellow soldier. And today I just want to take briefly a look at how Jesus is our model as Christians. Here are three model Christians and how we can model our lives behind them. First thing we're going to take a look at is this. All three of these guys had solid character. They had a solid character. The foundation for Jesus, the foundation for these three men, the backbone of their lives for them to be able to live out a life that pleased God was their character. And I'm just going to briefly just touch on a couple of things. First thing I want to just take a look at is this. They were humble before God. They had humility before God. Now you got to remember, Paul, before he knew Jesus, was a proud Pharisee. And you have to understand in their culture, and it applies to some of the things we're working through as a culture today, that Epaphroditus, in Paul's eyes, before he knew Jesus, he would have considered him an enemy. And other parts of the Bible, we would have read this. Paul would have thought of him as a Gentile dog, and not in as a man's best friend, but as in a something that could be abused and controlled. There was hatred, and we would use the word racism today. There was hatred between someone like Paul and Epaphroditus. And yet, Paul, changed by Jesus Christ, changed his viewpoint, changed his value, changed how he looked at other people. And because of Jesus' transformation, Epaphroditus, instead of being an enemy and someone he treated with disgust, has now become a brother. There's now deep relationship. There's, you can feel it. There's a warmth and a friendship and a depth and an intensity. Paul even heaps praise on Epaphroditus. That's a transformation. Paul humbled himself. He learned humility in walking out things with Jesus Christ. We see this character as being unselfish. Timothy, Paul says this, everyone else looks out for their own interest. We all look out for who wants to be number one. Paul says this, not with Timothy. Others put themselves first, but not Timothy. He's committed to the interest of others. Paul, as a father, Timothy, as a son, Timothy learned what it was to be unselfish without grumbling or complaining. Timothy served Jesus. How? By serving Paul. He was obedient. He was unselfish. Humility, being unselfish. We read this about Epaphroditus. He was devoted to Jesus. There was a devotion in his life. There was a priority of following Jesus in his life. Epaphroditus, he's willing to serve wherever he was needed or wherever he was asked to go. And he did what was asked of him. Paul wouldn't use these terms, brother, co-worker, fellow soldier, if Epaphroditus hadn't been devoted, focused, worked hard, persevered, was loyal, follow through. Because Paul says otherwise that he worked harder than everybody else <laughs> by God's grace. So Paul knew what it was to be a hard worker. So he's not going to just use these terms flippantly unless Epaphroditus was devoted to Jesus and serving. Humility, being unselfish, devoted. Folks, these are the character traits 
that, you know what, to be honest, aren't automatic in life. And they're not even automatic for us as Christians. A lot of times, we don't always love one another. A lot of times, we don't give praise to other people. A lot of times, we isolate ourselves. We're suspicious of people. We're jealous. We're selfish. We're more concerned about advancing ourselves than serving others. But folks, and I say these to our kids, our teens, for all of us, okay, this is the backbone of service, is our character, that God's working in us to be humble. God's working in us to be unselfish. God's working in us a devotion to Jesus. And that leads to our second thing as a model, an example from these three men. They served other Christians. And we've been saying this the last couple of weeks. A Christian displays their obedience to Jesus, Godward, through their service to others. So we say we love God, we demonstrate that by loving and serving those around us. We saw earlier in chapter 2 that Jesus displayed his obedience to God as Father. How? By becoming a servant and serving others. Jesus is our model, and these three guys modeled what it was to follow Jesus. Paul's life reveals his heart in action. and other places, he says this, it's like his life is being poured out as an offering in service to others. Paul saw his Christian friends at Philippi as worthy of sending the best that he had, i.e. he was sending his son Timothy to Philippi to help and to serve them. Paul says, I have no one else like him. He says, Timothy will show genuine concern for your welfare, genuine care, not forced, not artificial, not fake, but genuine care and concern. Why? Because Timothy's been changed by Jesus Christ. There's been a heart transformation. And we see this, Timothy as a son has learned what his father loves in Paul. Timothy as a son loves and values and cherishes. Timothy's service was genuine, not just going through the motions. Timothy demonstrates that serving the church and other believers is looking after the interests of Jesus Christ. They're not disconnected. So we're not about just loving Jesus, but yet we kind of forget about everyone else. We demonstrate our love for Jesus by serving one another. Epaphroditus, what an example. You got to remember, follow the journey of Epaphroditus. He was in Philippi, and he was sent by the church in Philippi to go to Rome to help Paul. So off he goes. And you got to remember, we're talking like 700 miles, and there were no holiday inns and no first-class tickets, okay? 700 hard miles from Philippi to Rome, and he goes to serve Paul. And Paul says that he risked his life to help him and others. It says that he risked, it's a gambling term, that Epaphroditus risked. He understood, and he's like, I'm putting my chips in with Jesus. I'm going all in. I'm risking my life because I know who I believe and who it's worth it. And as I was preparing this, it reminded me so much of the quote by Christian Jim Elliott, who went as a missionary to Ecuador in 1956 and who was killed in sharing the gospel. And he said this, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Let me just say that again. 
He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And Jim Elliott and others have given away the things of this world which they can't keep in order to gain the riches of heaven which they will never lose. And that leads us to our third example. So there's solid character, there's service to other Christians, and there's whole theme we see of being sent and sending to spread the gospel. Sent and sending to spread the gospel. And again, who do we start with? We start with Jesus. Jesus left heaven. He was sent by the Father to come to planet Earth. Jesus left the riches of heaven. He left the comfort of heaven to be born humbly as a baby on planet Earth. He grew up poor. He died a terrible death. That's our model and our example. He was sent from heaven. We see this modeled in these three. Paul, I mean, Paul was all of the above. Paul sometimes was the one being sent to go and preach the gospel. So we read that in the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit spoke, set apart maybe Paul and Barnabas to go. So Paul a lot of times was the one being sent. Sometimes Paul sent others on his behalf, just as we're seeing here. He says to the church in Philippi, I'm sending Timothy to you. Sometimes others were sent to help Paul. That was Epaphroditus. Philippi sent Epaphroditus to Paul to say, we want to help you. So Paul was all on all ends of that. He was the one being sent. He sent others, and others were sent to help him. In all of these examples, there's a cost to being sent and to sending others. It's costly to send people and to be sent. It was costly for Philippi to send Epaphroditus to Rome to help Paul. Folks, you've got to understand, you've got to feel the weight of these words. Okay? Paul is saying, as a father, I'm sending my son, Timothy, to you. Okay? I'm finding it hard enough thinking of Micah going away in September to university as a father sending a son. Folks, that's costly. And Paul's saying, Philippi, I'm sending my son Timothy to you. It's costly. Timothy was sent. How do you think Timothy felt? I'm going to Philippi, but I'm leaving my father behind. His father in the faith. It's costly. Epaphroditus, he felt it both ways. He was obedient both ways. He served the church of Philippi when they requested and asked him to go to Rome, 700 miles away. He went and he completed the task and he almost lost his life. It was emotional. It was costly. It says here, I don't know if you picked it up when I read it, but it's a fascinating little quote. It says this, if you can follow this, Epaphroditus almost went crazy and stressed out that the church in Philippi was stressed out about him. Can you follow that? Epaphroditus was stressed out because the home church in Philippi was stressed out that they had heard he'd almost died, so he was stressed that they were stressed, and Paul became stressed because they were all stressed. Can you follow that? So Paul's saying, I think it's better I send Epaphroditus back to you 
so that you don't worry, so he doesn't worry, so that I don't have to worry. But it's costly. Sending, being sent. And we read this, just such insights. The Bible's so real. Paul, who had earlier in chapter 1, you remember I preached on this a couple months ago, said, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Yet the same Paul says this, if Epaphroditus had died, it would have been sorrow upon sorrow for me and for the church here and for the church back there. So folks, when we say to live as Christ and to die is gain, we're not being triumphalistic that it's, you know, it's real. We, when people die, when we lose people, when people move away, all those things, we feel it. It's costly. It's emotional. And Paul's saying, I'm glad Epaphroditus' life was spared for him, but also for me. It would have caused me sorrow upon sorrow. Sent and send. Biblical modeled Jesus and these three model following Jesus. Jesus is our model. These three are model Christians, and we can model our lives behind them. Paul says this, we're to honor people like Timothy and Epaphroditus. We're to welcome them in the Lord with great joy, and we're to honor them. And this morning, I just want to take a couple of minutes to honor a few people in the history of our church as formerly the meeting place, now Christ Central Church, that we've been blessed We've been influenced, we've been impacted personally and as a church by such people who have modeled Jesus to us, who via their character, via their service to others, by being sent and sending to spread the gospel, they have blessed us. So I want to honor today Dave and Rosie Fellingham from England, who first came to Fredericton to be with us back in September of 1997. Their last visit together with us was just this past October, November in 2019. And Dave even snuck a week in here, if you remember, back in January of this year before everything shut down. In 2002, they moved here for three months and they lived here in Fredericton to be amongst us, to build relationship, to model to us, to teach into us, to pray, to be examples. Their church back in England paid for their salary while they were here, there was a cost. And they came and served and helped us so much. And they loved us and modeled to us and prayed with us, served us. And this morning, if they're watching, we honor you, Dave and Rosie. We want to honor Don and Stephanie Smith, also from England. Don and Stephanie first came in 2001, right up to 2018, with Stephanie's passing in June of 2018 from cancer. And Dawn was here last year in June of 2019. And from 2001 onwards, they spent a lot of time with us, both physically here, but on the phone, and before we had Skype and FaceTime and Zoom, it was a lot of phone calls. And they came, and they taught, and they modeled, and they served, and they loved us, and they corrected us, and rebuked us, and exhorted us. That comes with Dawn being with us. And in 2011, they moved here for three months and they lived here with us in Fredericton to reinforce and to assist and to help us send others. And they've sent many people to us. So John and Marion Groves and Andrew Wilson, others, out of their relationships, they've sent to us to pour into us. And so, Don, if you're watching, we honor you today. Jeremy and Ann Simpkins from England, from 2009 up to present day, 
have come usually about once a year to teach, encourage, impact us, envision us. And they have brought us into a wider family of people who like Lee from Mexico who's been here and we're part of something, a family of churches that we can pray for people in Zambia, Mexico, and the Ukraine, and we can be caught up in God's worldwide mission together. So Jeremy and Ann, we honor you. For us as a local church, present day, from 1996 when we first started, we've had some originals right from the beginning. We've had people like Kim and Leo from the beginning, and by extension, Courtney, and now Ryan, who have just moved to Edmonton, Chelsea and Josiah. We've had Cyril and Nancy Hawkins, and Ash and Joshua and Kayla, Gail and Will Pilgrim, Angela, early days, Kelly Curtis, Phil, if you're watching, it took you a long time to get here, but you got here. And then uh, Marley and family, Hugh and Krista, Gary and Barb, Jackie Saunders, Penny Boober, John and Pamela, Terry and Tammy. I can go on, and I'm a don't want to leave anyone out, but those are some people right from the late 90s all the way through. And then we've had many, like Bob and Eileen Lindsay, Pete and Donna Chalmers, who have transitioned to heaven, but put a great deposit in our church, but are no longer with us. They serve, they've given financially, they've prayed, they've sacrificed, they live lives of solid character, serving, being sent, and sending. And we've seen that modeled in our church. We've had people like Gary and Barb move to Vancouver to help the church there at Trinity Central. Time, effort, costs. Over the years, we've sent many people to Charlottetown. We had the Smith family move there last summer to help there. We went to Wolfville in the summer of 2016. Right now, we have our friends, our dear friends, Martin and Ann Tubasing and their three kids in Southeast Asia who've been there seven years now. Part of our church family, sent, going, I have to be discreet how much I can say publicly, but we can tell you more in person, but at great cost, great sacrifice, sent from this church to be part of what God wants to do around the world. Character, demonstrated through having to learn other languages, dealing with culture, sacrifice, serving others. People like Derek and Jenny in our own church with Hope Guard Ministries, going to the Bahamas, sent and sending. We have many other examples. I just want to honor all of these people today. And there's more to come, and I'm excited. I'm looking at all our kids here. I'm looking at our teens, looking at some of our older folks, and I'm wondering, where are you guys going to be sent? Where are you girls going to be sent? Where are you guys going to be sent? Where is God going to send you as part of this church, sending and being sent? It's exciting to think about but there's going to be a cost. Jesus is our model for us as Christian. He left heaven, came to earth, lived a life, and if we're followers of Jesus, it says that we're to build our life upon his words. We're to look at his teachings and try to live those out by his help. We have three model Christians here, that Paul, Timothy, Epaphroditus, and they can be a model to us today for us to live out our lives. So in closing, I just want to ask this. This is our homework for the week. On those three things, we're talking about character, we're talking about service, we're talking about being sent and sending. Will you take some time this week and will you just maybe think, meditate, wrestle through in any one of those areas? 
how can I make at least one change for me to line up to be more like Jesus in these model Christians? So maybe it has to do with our character. Maybe I need to stop one thing that's actually not helping my character. Or maybe I need to add one thing in. Maybe I need to change maybe some of my viewpoints or my language or my actions. Lord, how, maybe I need to, maybe I'm just being honestly, maybe a bit selfish. God, where do you want me to serve? How can I help other Christians? How can I help in the community? Will you pray and wrestle through? God, is my heart open? Lord, if you want to send me, it could be just across the street in our neighborhood, but maybe you are preparing me to go somewhere else. Maybe I'm going to be one who was sent or being, or send. Because folks, can I just say, this really matters. We're talking about eternal consequences for all of these different things. Without solid character, it can sabotage the other two. You might have a heart to serve others, but if our character doesn't line up and isn't consistent and we're not doing it out of love, if we build our character but we're never serving, and folks, there are people in our city, in our neighborhood, let alone around the world, that God wants to send us to. And if we aren't willing to go, okay, we miss out on the great adventure that God has for us. We thank God for Jesus Christ. We just sang about him this morning. We thank God for Jesus Christ. We thank God for the Bible. We thank God for Christians who have modeled to us what it is to be obedient to Jesus Christ, both in God's word and throughout church history. We thank God that he has sent people to us as a local church who have modeled flesh and blood in our lives over these past 23, 24 years of what it is to follow Jesus Christ. We're thankful for those who have been sent. We're thankful for those God has sent here. And we want to believe and trust God that as he works in us, in our character, as he works in us to serve, that we're going to continue to be sent and sending in order for the gospel to spread. Yes and amen? Amen.